At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Let's get it! Hello there. Welcome to whatever this is. You're probably like, wait a minute. Am I in the wrong place? Who's that guy? What's this show? No, your eyes do not deceive you. I am Spencer Israel, the number one host on the depth chart here at Benzinga. Here's the situation, guys. Luke Jacoby is dealing with a um, Benzinga work thing. I don't want to call it a... It's not quite an emergency, but it requires his attention. Aaron Bree, his car got towed. In the middle of the night, his car got towed from his own parking garage. So Aaron Bree is God knows where dealing with that. And um, here I am with you today on this Friday. So here's the situation, guys. We have two guests joining us on the Power Hour today. Our first guest He's early. I already see him here backstage. Ted Farnsworth, the chairman of Zash Global Media and Entertainment, company owned by Vinco Ventures, ticker, of course, see in chat, BBIG. And then at 12.30, I've got Randall Crowder on, the CEO of Funware, ticker P-H-U-N. And we'll get right to it, guys. That's the situation. That's what's going on. No, Brent and I are not doppelgangers. Absolutely not. Oh, hey, Spencer. Whoa, whoa. Voiceless, faceless voice. Wait, hold on. I can, yeah. I can get a face going. We have a faceless voice going on. Um, fair warning. I don't know. What is... Oh, now we lost him. I, I, I swear I did not do that. I have no idea who that was. I mean, I know who it was. I just don't know where it came from. Um, anyway... Uh, first things first, let me share my screen, and let's start with the overall market. Actually, no, let's not start with the overall market. Let's start with, um, guys, I, I, I want to talk Robinhood, okay? Why? Because we are officially 50% down from the all-time time high. Remember when Robinhood went to the moon that one day, right? That one crazy day, October, uh, October, August 4th, two weeks ago today? Robinhood to $85. We're at 42, everyone. We have officially lost half of Robinhood's market cap in two weeks. Just crazy. Rohan, I can't hear you, bro. You're not even in the studio, bro. No, I am now. You can hear me now. Whoa. How'd Sorry, you do that? I forgot to hit a button. <laughs> oh. What's up, man? Not much, dude. Are, are are you still trading Robinhood um, YOLO trades or or what? Uh, definitely not on Robinhood or trading Robinhood. Okay. But, so I don't I don't really have much to say here, but you know, just want to say hi. I'll let you well, get back to it. I I appreciate you saying hi. Why don't you get back to whatever it is you do here? Which is I'm not quite sure what that is to be honest. But um, whatever it is, you can just get back to that. All right, sounds good. All right, thanks for stopping by, man. Um. Yeah, and when I made make, I made like, I don't know, a couple dollars, I think, on that one day. It was a fun day. Anyway, Robinhood's market cap, so so called um, efficient market hypothesis at work here, everyone. Robinhood's market cap halved in two weeks. I guess it's just, it's just, it's half the company it was two weeks ago. I don't know what else to say. I mean, this is ridiculous, right? Obviously, that's not true, right? Obviously, uh, the the stock is doing some crazy things. 
I don't know. I can't explain it. But let's see if we can at least, you know, form a base. But I just thought that was interesting because we officially made, came through that 50% drop threshold. Hey, did you all see what's going on in Chinese stocks today? Let's zoom way in. Get on the internet chart. Oh, my gosh. Does any, see, th- this is the thing, though, right? These stocks are all in downtrends. You all know that. That's not, not, not rocket science. And yet every few days, it does seem like they rip higher for no reason, right? Like, like look at Baba. How many days did Baba have those like random just like open like gap hires, right? Uh, end of July, early August. Look at just random, random gap hires in a in a prolonged downtrend. It's not just Baba. It's Baidu as well. You guys see, actually, no, let's look at Didi. You guys see Didi today? Look at Didi today, right? Just rip higher from seven to eight for, for no reason this morning, right? Just has these days where it just gaps up, opens higher. Actually, Didi has less, but point still stands. Stop, nothing goes straight down or straight up. Yeah, they gave it all back. That's that's my point, is they gave it all back. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. I hope you're talking about Didi and not something else. Yes, guys, you're here for BBIG. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. BBIG, um, you know what? I'll bring Ted on in like five minutes, all right? He's, I see him here. Ted, if five minutes works for you, give me the thumbs up. And okay, cool. Five minutes, guys. Bear with me. Bear with me. I've got Ted here. Just let me get this out. I need to I need to get things off my chest. Five minutes. No, no. Three you know, we'll make it twelve ten. So that's three minutes. That's three minutes, guys. Right? I I'm here for you. I want to know serious question, actually. Um, if you have a question for Ted right now. Drop it in the chat. But but you see, Ismail, that doesn't help me. I don't know what you mean when you say proper merger questions. That doesn't help me, man. I need I, I have questions that I want to ask, but I don't know what you want me to ask. I can ask what you want me to ask if you just tell me. See, there we go. Now we're getting some real questions. Real questions. All right. We'll get to those in a couple of minutes. So real fast, before we do that, I I never lived too far from my scanner tool in Benzinga Pro, right? See what is up, what is down from the open. And look what jumps out to me. Joby. Do you guys see Joby? This is a recent, what is it? Was it an IPO or this is an IPO, right? No, it's a SPAC, right? SPAC conversion, ripping higher, 15% today. Is there news? No. Oh, my news ain't, news ain't even loading. No. No news today on Joby. Not, no news that I see. Rip City and Joby. This whole sector has been punished, right? That caught my eye. What else caught my eye was this uh, GRNQ. How many... Is this, this is like your, your crazy uh, big loser of the day, right? Green Pro. They signed a memo of understanding with Silkwave to form a joint adventure. And now they're down 21% today. How many trading halls? One, two, just two. Last thing I saw was uh, ZH. Sort of your big, your big gainer from the open. It's China, man. Nothing goes straight up or straight down. Um, I'm going to do my best to, to, to keep the chat, um, to keep scrolling up in the chat. Because there's a bunch of questions here. I'm going to do my very best to not lose them. Because I know there's a few, and the more comments there are, the you know, the more I gotta scroll to find them. Um so I'll do my absolute best to to not to not lose your questions in, in the chat. I I hope I don't disappoint you guys. I hope I don't. Before I bring Ted on, do me a quick salad, everyone. And just See the, that little thumbs up button right there on the screen? I'll show you what it looks like. It's that little thumbs up, right? See it? Just, just, just hit that. Just hit that. What are we at right now? Okay. New plan. I am bringing Ted on until we get to uh, 100. Let's get to 100. 
I will not bring Ted on this show if we don't get if, we, if we're stuck in 99 forever. Then that tough. I will sit here in silence if you don't believe me. I will. <laughs> uh, we're at 80. No, we're not. We're at 79. All right. Ooh, we are right there. Any moment now. There we go. All right. Congratulations. We did it, guys. Let's give ourselves a round of applause. All right. Let's bring on Ted Farnsworth, the chairman of Zash Global Media and Entertainment, parent company of Vinco Ventures, stock BBIG. I have a, a special... Um, bumper video for Ted. Ted, how are we doing today? Good morning. Or good hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I just love listening to the show, watching you guys go back and forth here, looking at the stock. So, you know, well, let's Ted, let's start with this. Um, there's a, a press a news headline this morning that we broke. You, you guys are we're buying the rights to a, the U.S. rights to a Canadian TV show. Uh, what, what exactly is the significance of, of that? Well, when you sit here and you look at what we announced a couple of weeks ago about the reality TV, people are like, well, what does that mean? You're going to yeah. run on syndication here, meaning ABC, Fox, NBC, CW, Bravo, whatever it is. Right. And simultaneously, we're going to be streaming that to our audience around the world on Lamotive. So it's the first time really where you've taken syndication and you're watching it here, say, on a Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. And in the meantime, it's being streamed around the world. And you're just going to have more eyeballs and more audience for the advertisers. And it's, you know, it's going to be free of charge because it's all advertising driven. So whether it's a, a Pepsi or a Coke or an international brand, it might be Nestle. Who, who knows, right? But all of a sudden, instead of just having a million or two million viewers on the syndication channel, you'll have maybe... 5 million, 10 million viewers. So now you're ranking at one of the top TV shows out there in the country. And that has been our goal with LaMotive from day one with uh, Vinco and our vision of, you know, what we're doing together, uh, driving the traffic. And we have the eyeballs and we have the traffic. Like what we did last week with, um, you know, Tori Lentz with the album. I mean, he sold out his album literally within 57 seconds, you know, on the NFT. And people would say, well, are you all over the place? Not really. It's all just entertainment. And it's no different than like a mini Warner Brothers or something like that, where you have all these eyeballs out there and you're trying to monetize, you know, those eyeballs to, you know, and the traffic is what you're doing. Like what we did with Tori, where he went platinum in what, 57 seconds, you know, unheard of. And to me, that's the power of monetization. How we're starting to monetize the motive early on. Uh, you know, with Vinco, with the other companies we have in Vinco, with Immersive and all the other things that we have going on and, and many other exciting things that we coming out, you know, over the next you know few weeks here as well. And then the big question is, where are you with the merger? I'm sure. That, right? that is. The, how did you know? <laughs> that was coming. How did you know? Yeah. The, uh, well, this listen, first merger. We, Tell us when. Well, I got to be careful what I say because it's all non-public information and you don't want to be select, you know, disclosing here. But everything's great with that. It's where... The motive was a much bigger deal than we anticipated. It was it was a huge deal for us. I mean, you have over a five billion dollar market cap, you know, with just the motive alone as a private company with, you know, Gemini uh, doing the uh, fairness of, or the valuation on it. And we're growing every month. I mean, we're the numbers with the motive are we're blown out of the water. So we're thrilled with that. So now going back to Vinco and Zash, we yeah. finally came up with we believe the structure that is you know we'll be putting out in the proxy over the next you know literally several days or whatever here but we believe we've come up with the structure that the vinco shareholders the zash shareholders are going to be incredibly happy with that's my personal opinion you know it's like we have done everything behind the scenes where vinco i mean we're on the phone just non-stop all day long uh figuring out our next steps and doing the proxy and like i said uh, Lamotive was, you know, the, the audit is completed with Lamotive. It's done. You know, that was a big thing we were waiting for because it's a Singapore company. Um, and it's really, it's an exciting time for us because now we're all getting, you know, we're, it's like, we're down and got our heads down. We're working, starting to monetize. And then this is the last step of putting the merger together and we're all in, you know, Zash is all in, Vinco's all in. We're not, we're not going anywhere. Uh, it's just a matter of crossing the T's and dotting the I's and, getting the proxy out there, getting the shareholders happy and building the shareholder value. We think 
a lot of people misunderstand where we are, where we've raised over $220 million, like way back, you know, when the stock was, you know, trading four bucks, five bucks, whatever it is. So we raised over 220 million. We used a hundred million to acquire, you know, Lamotive. And obviously you got other working capital and things like that. So, but we have approximately 80 million in the bank right now. We're not looking to raise money. We filed a thing the other day of the exercise of warrants. It's an extra hundred and 70, 180 million approximately, but we're not even looking for raising the capital on that stuff right now. So, um, well, so, so Ted, you said proxy in the next few days or when several, several days or whenever, right? Several days, several days. Does that mean like before the end of the end of the month? Does that mean like the end of the quarter? Does that mean the end of the year? Like, oh my well, God, you're really putting me on the spot here. Well, that's what the people want to know. Well, well, you know what? It's, it's, I would say. My my personal opinion and my hope is it will definitely be over the next several days. So definitely before the end of the month. Okay. You know, I mean, we've been working nonstop with the lawyers, the accountants, the auditors. The, I mean, you know, a Singapore company is totally different to audit than, you know, uh, a U.S. company. And we had to make it all U.S. gap and everything. Like I said, the Lamotive audit is done. It's completed. Uh, we have it. We got it about, um, I don't know, about maybe a week ago or so. So now we got everything ready to file and ready to go. And I, I think the shareholders that are out there waiting and been sitting here patiently waiting and watching what's going on, I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised with the structure, the valuations, and what's going to happen here over the next what, several days. What what exactly, you know, I, I'm, I'm no expert in corporate finance. What exactly is taking so long? It was really, um, a lot of it was Lamotive just being a foreign company in, in Singapore. We had to wait for the audit before you could do the proxy. Right. We just got it a week ago and, you know, we hired one of the big firms and it was just and it was more of really um, we had to convert everything into U.S. gap, which you know makes sense here, obviously, being a U.S. public company. So they were not U.S. gap. So we had to have another accounting firm transfer all that information over the last several years into regular U.S. gap then have the auditors come in and then look at it and make sure it all fit. But. I can tell you that we did get the final audit from uh, Lamotive from the auditors about a week ago, so we're ready to go. What about how how this relates to your 10Q? I guess you had one scheduled for for this week. Yeah. Um, I you'll, have it, you'll have it coming out uh, probably by this Tuesday, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, I think it is, the earnings call. And look, I mean, the future of Vinco is so bright compared to, I mean, it was a small cap company. We put the companies, you know, we made the announcement of doing the, uh, putting the companies together. And really what's happened is the growth of what's happened even with Lamotive along the way is when we first took it over, it was like 12, you know, 14 million MAUs and you know, we're over 31 million MAUs right now and climbing and we're, we're, we're knocking it out of the park that way, which is really, which is really the traffic, which is where you monetize on the advertising side. And really our focus is now that you have Lamotive, you got the pipe, very similar to what we did with Tori, with Immersive, which is one of our companies as well, the NFT platform, is it drove revenues. I mean, that day literally drove a million dollars worth of revenues for us just that day, just with one FT in 57 seconds. Yeah. You know, so it's um, it's an interesting time with the metaverse and where it's going. And you'll see all kinds of other things that we have in the pipeline, I would say, going towards that, which are unbelievably exciting, you know, for, for us. Uh, there's a question here that I, I don't think you can answer. It's just about the the record date. I'm assuming the record date and all that that'll be in the proxy when the, all that. that the, 100%, right, yeah. Okay. Right. So, you guys, I don't know if Ted knows when the record date is. Maybe he does know, but if he didn't know, he probably couldn't say. Um, but I safe, do know, but I can't say. Okay. <laughs> safe, safe, safe to assume those of you asking about record dates and all that that. It wouldn't be a problem if, if it wasn't in there. That would be that'd be a, a bigger issue. But I, right. you know, um, it would, you know, I, I I guess we'll wait and see. But but that's the kind of information that that should be in a filing like that. Um, Ted, you you mentioned the pipeline. I what exactly is in the pipeline? Because I got to be honest with you, I before uh, this morning, I I had never heard of this show that you guys this the uh, no. So for instance. That was the number one kid show in Canada. And it's, uh, you know, through Illusionist, which is about, you know, Illusionist. You wear, right. train the kids. It's a reality TV show. You train the kids how to be Illusionist and they do it in front of an audience of other kids. 
And when you see the clips uh, of what the last shows were, you know, I mean, it's a riot because the kids are just all natural. And part of the motive is a big kid's base or a younger generation. But this is something that will play on that with syndication here in TV with our other shows. And you're running it simultaneously on the motive. It's all about content, as we all know. So as we're sitting here doing some of our original content and not by any means breaking the bank, you're doing reality TV. We have our own production studios. You know, we have our own producers. I think you saw that with like Brad and Mark and different producers we have with their background of Hell's Kitchen and, you know, Jersey Shore, you know, I mean, all, all kinds of them. So we surrounded ourselves with all the right talent. And now as you go out and put it on syndication here in the States, and by the way, the big difference with us is we own these productions, uh, meaning that we're not selling it to a Netflix. We're not selling it to somebody else. So we gain all the advertising money on that. We'll do a revenue split with the channels, with different people, whatever, but we control it. And that was key to what we were doing. And we're also right now in negotiations of, uh, you know, on the international level with syndication that different groups of out there, massive groups have showed interest in picking up the reality TV shows and running it on Lamotive at the same time. Um, getting some questions here. I'll bring up a chart. Getting some questions about the, the $5 billion valuation. Um, sure. Yeah, can, can you can you sure. enlighten us there? It's really it was really even a little bit higher than that, but we went to that just to be conservative. But what it is is when the valuation comes conservative, conservative. Okay, that? you said conservative on the five billion dollars. Yeah, okay. Well, because when you look at it, really, what it ties to is your MAUs, right? Your monthly average users. Mm -hmm. There's a way to calculate those. I mean, where with no revenue, it can be you know a hundred to two hundred dollars. With revenue, it can be anywhere from 200 to $800, you know, an MAU. So all the comparisons I can tell you that the valuation company did was valuations against, you know, TikTok, Show, all the different players out there in the short form video space. So to me, it was, we knew that it was gonna be a good valuation, but it also ties it together with how do we monetize it? Like for instance, what we just did with the NFT, you know, where you did a million dollars in revenue in 57 seconds. Now, I'm not saying you're gonna do that every 57 seconds, but, we're already showing how to monetize. Lamotive has never been monetized, you know, since they've been in inception since seven years ago. They've had over 400 million installs around the world. So there's a lot of people that sit here and say, oh, they won't be the next TikTok, this or that. I'll be Pepsi. Trust me. Right. You know, I'll be second to TikTok. They're now the largest platform in the world. They're bigger than Facebook. So our strategy is to really create a platform for creators that sit there and create and use our patented tools to edit and all these things in Lamotive never spent any money along the way in seven years of marketing, PR influencers. And that's how they grew. You know, we were just chosen by a group where we're top 10, you know, competitors to TikTok. you know, that's a great honor for Lamotive and for us at Vinco Zash. Uh, we see what we're doing and we see how we're growing it every month And that in, you know, Lamotive now, you know, obviously they, sold out to us on the on the 80% side of it. But it's really, when you sit here and look at going forward, you have that whole pipeline and you have all that base to tap into. When we did the largest music concert back in March with LiveX Live, we brought 37 million streamers with spending no money on advertising, zero, just going out to our base and not even pushing the whole base. But 37 million streamers going on there to watch John Mayer, Pitbull, whatever it was over the weekend, is a massive number to move, uh, you know, for monetization. So that's really where we're excited now of to start monetizing. So it, it seems like a lot of the, the valuation came from, you know, the premium given to your peers, TikTok mainly, right? Uh, you guys are not anywhere near the size of TikTok. So no, but they looked at Snapchat, they looked at all the big ones. And then they looked at other ones like, um, door and they looked at different ones in in uh, asia they looked at them because we're not really in the u.s that i mean our biggest markets right. are brazil south america so they looked at a lot of them down there but serious companies i mean that have you know literally you know 30 40 50 billion dollar valuations so it's um and they did comparisons against several companies not one not just tiktok i choose that one because that's the one everybody knows you know when you look at kwai show that went public on the hong kong i mean you know their valuation when they came out, I think it was 200, 400, between 200 and 400 billion dollars and fluctuated all over since then. And now with the Chinese government cracking down, it's going to be interesting to see what happens is 
you know, it's going to be real interesting to see what happens to even TikTok, where it goes. Um, but comparing it to that, it's like we're more about creating creators of where the creators are out there and they're using our tools or we're not spending any money really per se on advertising right now because you don't need to. Our organic growth is great. We're doing You've Been Scouted, which has done phenomenal for driving installs and traffic. And that's really what it is. It's no different like when you look back at Facebook when they went public. I mean, they had like no revenues, but they had all the traffic in the world. And then they started monetizing that revenue. So we'll be doing ads on the platform, you know, things like that with Lamotive and testing out different things. We're already testing things out now just in different parts of the world where we have big markets like, uh, you know, you got Brazil, which is definitely one of probably our biggest market. You've got India, which is climbed right up there to number two, sometimes number one, um, which TikTok is banned from India. I think there's massive opportunity there. Um, you know, and we're looking there where we're going to be doing, you know, syndicated television there with some big joint ventures over there. And they would load up all the stuff on the motive as well as run it on the streaming. And the numbers over there are just totally different where if you're watching TV over there with one of the big guys, it could be anywhere from 500 to 800 million views because it's not just India. It's all, you know, India and different you know regions around it. So it's exciting. Uh, I, you said it earlier, but I, I just want, I think it bears repeating. Uh, sure. No intention, you said, of raising money, doing an offering, issuing debt, that sort of thing? No. Yeah. We got, no. Right now, you've got where you've got like around approximately 80 million cash in the bank. We're not using any money to do acquisitions or anything right now. So we're focused on right now is really taking what we have, taking the assets that we have, doing our shows, doing our content, but also driving and monetizing, you know, Lamotive. Lamotive is the crown jewel in our company for Vinco and for, you know, Zash. That really is. And, you know, Paul Yang and that whole crew in Singapore, they're amazing. I mean, we're on the phone with them every day. All the, you know, all the engineers, all that stuff of, you know, just testing different things that work and trying them out. And, and look, I think you guys see it probably firsthand where everything's changing so fast in the digital space where, it really is the metaverse coming up and how we partake in that. How are we setting the motive up to partake in that? Meaning with technology more than anything, you know, Ted, um, what do you say to people that know your history? They saw, you know, movie pass Helios and Matheson and they're like, Oh my God, this guy again, really? That's fine. I mean, I, I that's a, that's a fair criticism. You sure. it, absolutely. It's totally that, fair. That was a but, bit of a mess. But look, I don't think there's any great any great entrepreneur out there that hasn't had multiple failures, let alone one. Right yeah. now, MoviePass was in the press all the time. It's like when you were talking about Robinhood, we were the number one traded stock on Robinhood for two years in a row. You know, so I mean, it was you know, and it was really the system. So it's a great question that they're asking. So what happened with MoviePass? And Mitch Lowe and I are still best of friends. I literally was just texting him today, you know, about different things he's working on. But the Really, with MoviePass, it was the systems. It was really the systems couldn't handle it. It was, you know, 38% of the people never went to the movies, which we would have been making money at 15% not going. But it was the technology. And it was also the consumer fraud of people sharing the passwords all over with their families and things like that. And they're all going to they're all going to the movie theater. They're doing all these different things. Of, but they're going to 30 movies a month. Nobody goes to 30 movies a month. and But they were sharing the password. So that's where it broke down. And it was... Look, we took that company from, I think it was doing 12 million in revenue on a run rate of 485 million, spent no money in acquisition of, you know, people. And it was just trying to fix the technology as fast as you were growing. That's where the wheels came off. So to your point with Lamotive, the first thing I did was we did, you know, LiveX Live Music, 37 million streamers. You know, MoviePass had signed up over 5 million people over a period of time. Yeah. So 37 million streamers, literally Lamotive had about two weeks notice to set it up with LiveX Live. And it was the largest virtual concert in the world. And we had no blips. We had no blips. The technology was flawless. That to me was the biggest thing this time of learning from the last time saying, okay, can the technology handle the bandwidth? You know, and we've already proven that with what we did with that, with the concert. So that to me is, and it's always fair criticism about, but, but, but like, at, the, at the same time, like, don't like, I know you obviously you, you don't control what your stock is doing on a day-to-day -day basis. No executive does, but don't you feel like a little bit of 
like responsibility in a way. A lot of people kind of lost their shirts on that HMNY. Oh, sure. But a lot of people look at it this way, right? I mean, the stock went to $38 from, you know, and it hit over 40 and it traded literally hundreds of millions of shares daily. Right. So there's a lot of people that made a lot of money as well. Of course you hear about that. Look, I, I don't, I take that so seriously, especially here with what we're doing, where you say, what took us so long? This to me is a much more methodical approach from what we did with the motive, checking out the systems of just learning about the growth of what I learned in the past. And I believe any great entrepreneur learns more from their failures than they do from their successes. And to me, there's a lot of things we did right with MoviePass. The, you know, the, the data that we had, the movies that we had, how we pushed independent films. And there was a whole independent research done on us from Hollywood Reporter that came back with that was just stellar. You know, 50% of the people went to whatever movie we pushed them to go to, you know. So it was an incredible um, thing. And yeah, do I feel bad? Of course I do. But nobody lost more than I did as well. My own cash as well as stock and equity. So, and I don't take it lightly. And I don't think any of us do. But this time around, it's like we were seeing what's taken so long is it is just methodical almost to you know where we've tested out the systems we've done all the different things and uh like the other day we did with uh tory i think we did a little over nine million views total for tory we outdid instagram we outdid youtube we outdid and he was trending number eight on youtube and we still outperformed him with lamotive so that's what i look at is on our side of the exciting side of now, how do you monetize that base? And how do you, and how do you, one of the things we're working on is how do you teach the people in the base around the world? You got over 400 million installs. So how do you teach them to monetize themselves? That's one of our big things, you know, that Paul and ourselves, you know, Vince and Jason, myself and Vinco and everybody is concentrated on day one. Because when you start teaching them in different countries how to monetize themselves with traffic, and give them a piece of advertising and things like that. You're you're onto something pretty special. All right, Ted, I, I've got to wrap it up here. Um, sure. There's a lot of questions in the chat about NFTs. I, I um sure. and and that market. Um, uh, the the one thing I, I just want to ask before we go is, um, you know, can can you say for certain that this is not going to be another movie pass type of situation where a lot of and and, and I'm personally I can say personally I can say absolutely. You know, I believe that. I mean, I've been probably more focused with the bankers. And look, I mean, these investors that came behind me now are the same investors from MoviePass and things like that. So it's like people believe in you. and They believe in you and they believe in you. Where MoviePass, MoviePass was an anomaly. And let me tell you, it was truly one of the proudest moments, not for the way it crashed. We disrupted the theatrical theaters forever. They said it wouldn't last. They said subscription will never last and then they all copied us amc does subscription regal does subscription cinemark does subscription so even if for nothing else when you look at the silver lining you change the industry forever even for the consumer where it's a better deal for the consumers to this day and that really to me is uh there's like i said there's a lot of good out of that and there was a there was a lot of bad that we wish we could have done differently but you can't turn back the clock but you can only learn from that and what we've done here is where like methodically to a, to probably almost a nausea where driving people crazy of just plotting out every move of what we're making. Like I said, testing, testing the motive, making sure the system could handle any kind of growth, let alone 37 million streamers. I mean, that's, that's a massive number, 40 million, you know, almost 40 million people streaming, you know, and didn't hit a glitch, you know, and the difference there is Paul Yang is from the motive, the founder, he's an engineer, he's a programmer. So, he programmed it from day one okay. where it could handle that. So well, last one here, guys. Sure. I'll, 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 you guys are asking a lot of questions. I'll, I'll just before I let you go, Ted, this will be the last one. I promise. Uh, what's going on with the spin out spin off of immersive? Oh yeah. Well, obviously we announced that we're spinning that out and we are, and we think that's a great platform from the standpoint of where the NFT platform separate, you know, public company out there spinning it off, but then using the motive to drive the traffic, all those things there. Brian will be running the management over there who's been with Vinco this whole time and really was key to getting the acquisition done here and all the things that we're doing together. So to me, it's really, um, it's great for the shareholders. You know, it's, it's, it's like, uh, you know, you're paying them a dividend where what I can't tell you the exact number, what it's going to be, if it's a 
one for one or two for one or whatever it is for stock wise, whatever it is. But it's going to be a great value for it's a it's a you know, it's another bite at the apple for the shareholder. And it allows us to keep the motive where it's very clean, organized marketing, da, 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 da. And then NFTs over here of what we're going to do with that with immersive and then other things they got going on. And some of the technology they're even looking at is just mind boggling, you know, so but it's um, yes, we are. We are doing that. Uh, do, you have a, do you have a timeline on that or date or <laughs> uh, stay tuned over the next? Okay. Couple, okay. Uh, yeah. All I right, think that, I think actually that one's probably going to be in the queue. You know, okay. We're coming up here right. in a few days. You will not find a show like this where you ask a question and I will relay that question, which is what happened for the last 20 or so minutes. Ted Farns and be tough on me as well, you know. Yes, yes, <laughs> we have to ask real no, questions here. I, I, Ted I, Farnsworth, yep. thank you for joining me. I don't thank I don't you. need to tell you where he's from. You all know where he's from. You all know what company he's with. You all know the ticker. I'm not even gonna do all that because right. that's why you're here. Ted, thank you for coming on the power hour today. Thanks so much for having us. Great time. All right. Guys, I, I hope you like that. Again, this the whole point of this, like I, I'm not doing this for my own health, right? I, I, I don't own BB. I have no position here. I no dog in this fight. Right? I'm we do it for you. I'm sorry I could not get to all your questions. Some of you are really persistent though. I, props to the persistency on some of you. Especially the the immersive guy or, or gal. Whoever that was, you, you wore me down eventually. All right. Congratulations to you for wearing me down. I don't normally respond to spam, but that was um that was impressive. I hope I hope uh you thought that was uh fair, fair questions. I, I think those are all fair questions. I think um uh there's there's a lot going on here. All right. Uh if you're bullish, great. If you're bearish, great. That's what makes the market. But we're running late, guys. I gotta go. Our our, our next guest is here. Randall Crowder is CEO of Funware, PHU, and I've made him wait. You got actually, this is your fault. You made him wait. No, it's my fault. I made him wait. Randall Crowder, how are we doing today? Welcome to the Power Hour. Doing well. I don't mind waiting. I'll tell you, I did not cancel, even though I tore my entire Whoa. tech off my shoulder. That's oh, how much I wanted to be here. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. Come pull it back up. <laughs> I want to see that again. Just show me. Yeah. Oh. So, so the next time you have somebody give you an excuse for not showing up for their company, or Benzinga, you remind them that oh. I came here no matter what. I probably have to have surgery in a day or two, but you know what, Spencer? This was not to be missed. <laughs> it looks so bad. Now, now your people who have seen me talk are probably gonna love this because I talk with my hands. So now you're gonna see one hand moving, but the other one's gonna gotta stay here by my side a little bit because I, I can't oh, really I engage know. that one. I don't even want to know how that happened. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's that's terrible. Yes, Jason Shumpel is asking, how is your arm even moving right now? It's a great question. It's a great question. You know what? Uh, I, I've been through worse. It was sad to say, but you know when you're in the army and you do some crazy things, you always have a great comparison other. <laughs> Uh, so you know what? Hey, being an entrepreneur, being a public company CEO, this is easy stuff. No one's shooting at me. So hey, <laughs> okay. No on it. Let, let's talk about the news uh, this morning. The deal with um, Cox yeah. Communications. Tell us about that. Yeah, I know. So anybody, uh, anybody that doesn't know our story, it's real easy. Contextual engagement. That's what we do. So we are building a mobile platform to enable people to get the right content to the right person on the right device at the right time in the right place. So that's contextual engagement for anybody who is not too young. It's Minority Report. So it's literally what Tom Cruise was doing in Minority Report. That's what we do. So really interesting vertical for us is healthcare. And we don't want to create a big direct sales force. So rather than chasing revenue for the last 18 months, we've been chasing partnerships so that revenue will chase us. So Cox is huge. I mean, anybody that doesn't know that name, Google them, you know, over $20 billion in revenue, massive company. We've been working on this deal for a long time. They have Cox Business, which is a managed IT cloud services. And healthcare is a huge focus for them. And that's a huge focus for us. How do we demystify healthcare? How do we use a mobile device to give clinicians and patients a better experience and demystify the continuum of care? And so we partnered with Cox to be able to license our software to them to build out a more robust solution. That's the name of the game. That's how we scale as a company. Not going out there and selling ends of one, but we want to become Microsoft Office. You know, how do we sell the phone company and the computer company 
So that every time they sell a phone or a computer, Microsoft Office is already on there preloaded. That's what we're doing. That's the idea behind these partnerships with Cox and the partnership that we did with Carrier. So this is really exciting for us. They're a massive player in kind of, you know, not only healthcare, but, you know, K through 12, federal, you know, they have a massive kind of IT cloud services value proposition doing a whole lot of really exciting things. And so we're going to start in healthcare uh, and then see where we go from there. But it's really exciting for us to be able to announce this partnership. So out of curiosity, you said you've been working on this for a while. Um, how, how long is the best to your, the best of your ability is how, like, how long is the sales cycle? I mean, you're still early days, obviously, yeah. but how, how it sounds like it's a long sales cycle. It's, it's a great question. And that's what we spent the pandemic doing. So you're talking, you know, to establish, you know, to do a, a normal sale for us when we're selling kind of direct or, you know, kind of co-selling with a partner, it's a three to six month sales cycle for kind of our out of the box solutions. If it's a little bit more complex, we're talking maybe a six to 12 month sales cycle for these kind of partnerships. As you can imagine, you know, a, a company doing $20 billion in revenue plus that's a big ship to steer. There's a lot of consensus that you have to build. So that's more like a 12 to 18 month you know, sales cycle, getting everything dialed in, you know, really making sure that everybody's on board. How are we going to sell it? How are we going to collaborate? What's our go to market strategy? And so I think this is where the market misprices funware. You know, they're really looking at just, you know, what are we doing kind of quarter over quarter? And that's not really what, what our focus has been. Our focus has been how do we establish ourselves as an Atlassian? How do we establish ourselves as a Twilio? How do we get indirect channel partnerships signed and activated so that their sales forces can sell our stuff? They've already got the customers. They've already got, you know, whether it's hardware, software, or IT solutions, they've already got these massive customers all over the world. We want to sell through their channel. That's how we scale quickly. And so if anybody's looking for kind of KPIs on Funware, I would argue it's not revenue. It should be customer announcements, partnership announcements. Then it'll be kind of bookings, deferred revenue. And then we recognize that revenue over the lifetime of contracts. Uh, but since we're signing, you know, we're signing multi-million dollar contracts, but they're three to five year terms. Remember, we're a SaaS company. So you're not going to see these massive revenue spikes. But when these channel partnerships start activating and really start going, um, you know, sky's the limit. You know, we'll, we'll see how good their sales teams really are. But the value proposition is there. You kind of answered my next question, which was how long are these contracts? Typically, whenever, you know, we've seen, we, for example, uh, in Workday, you know, a couple months ago, you know, these enterprise SaaS deals are, are, are so big and Workday or Workday or Amazon, one of the two uh, announced, oh, yeah, I think it was Amazon. Like, yeah, we're not using Workday's platform anymore. And like Workday's like, like stock like on that yeah. day. And, and Workday was like, this is not even new news. For this new, we knew this like six months ago. Uh, but it just goes but to show. Like, on us. What the hell? Right. right. <laughs> it, it just goes to show like the like the the premium that, that Wall Street places on these enterprise, these large enterprise uh, SaaS contracts. Right. So yeah. you, you sort of said it before with the, the, the three to four year terms. But is that is that going to be standard for you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you think about it, it kind of makes sense. So as we think about this healthcare solution, so for Cox, it's called ProSite. So they want to basically transform healthcare operations. And so this becomes really sticky because you're literally standardizing your entire operational flow on these platforms. It's not something you just turn off, especially in healthcare. Uh, but we have, you know, we're industry agnostic, but really in healthcare, it's so sticky. And the part of you know funware that a lot of people don't fully realize is we're not just building better mobile applications. Our location layer that allows you to engage mobile devices contextually, that's proprietary and, and that's world class. So sub one meter accuracy, sub one second latency, indoor positioning, that turns on all these really rich features and it's really hard to turn it off. It's really hard to pull it out. So this isn't just a productivity suite like Workday. This isn't just a scheduling thing. This is, we're going to bet our operations on this deployment. And so if we're going to do that, you know, we're going to do this three to five year contract and it's very hard to unwind. So we love, you know, kind of what this looks like from a retention standpoint. And we love that our customers are willing to sign that long of contracts um, because it really shows that they're, they, they believe in what this software can do for them. So what is the market not seeing here? Right. Shares of fun are under a dollar. What, what is the market not seeing? That they I think it's not it's not necessarily not what they're not seending, it's what they are seeing. And so, you know, I think they you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. The markets are how the markets are. It's our job to execute, it's our job to get in front of more people. I think where we failed as a company going into being public 
we didn't have any real partners. We didn't have a bank take us out. We merged with a SPAC. We didn't raise any money merging with a SPAC. We got about $400,000, which is if, if you zoom back out to 20, 2018, it's this wow. short squeeze. We were GameStop before GameStop was GameStop. So yeah. some people made a lot of money just you know with this crazy short squeeze. But the reality is I think that created a lot of noise going out of that we didn't raise any money until 2020 um and then we didn't really raise real money until this past february we had roth and northland um put together they joint book ran a deal for us that's the first time we've really played the public game like have real institutional investors that can initiate coverage uh roth has initiated uh hopefully northland will hear soon but i think a lot of people just don't know our story um from an institutional standpoint and they see some of the noise and the volatility in the stock, and that might give them some pause. But once people begin to realize that we are not just a better mobile application development firm, we are software that is being sold indirect through large technology partners like Carrier and like Cox and like a few more that we still have to announce. We already said in our earnings report, we have two more major partnerships to announce. That's how we sell this. That's how we begin to scale. So right now we got to prove it, right? We can't keep saying it's valuable. We need to start showing what these partnerships look like, how they get activated. Um, and then along the way, you know, we could actually have some, some interesting revenue movement from our fund token sales. So we do have a cryptocurrency uh, play. It's, you know, fund token. And that, that functions like a utility token. It's live. You can download Fund Wallet. You can go to buy.fundtoken.com, buy Fund Token. It's a live ecosystem. And so every time we sell that, that shows up as revenue as well. Um, and I think a lot of people aren't factoring in what we might be able to scale our revenue through cryptocurrency sales and then how we scale our revenue through indirect channel partnerships uh, like Cox. It's interesting because you mentioned, you know, the SPAC, you guys were, were and the SPAC train before SPACs were cool. Back, right. back when I had honestly thought that I had, they were refer, referred to as just blank check companies because yeah. that's what they were called. And some, I guess I missed the memo when blank check became not cool anymore and SPAC became like the cool word to use. But um, like, well, our blank check didn't cash. So, uh, well, there, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but you bring up a really interesting point. It, it, it applies to SPACs, it applies to direct listings. You know, love it or hate the traditional IPO process. When you when you IPO traditionally and you're raising money, you have de built in defenders on exactly. Wall Street defending your stock, publicizing your stock, and that's just how it is. And if you're doing a direct listing, if you're doing a spec, you're not, you ain't getting that. Yeah, people people under you know they do not appreciate this. You know we all want to live in this, you know, and we're doing it. You know from a blockchain perspective, we love this idea of decentralization. We right. love this idea of control, and consumers are going to eat the world, and you know go Robinhood and go you know GameStop. The reality is the game has been the game for a very long time, mm -hmm. and it protects itself. And from brokers to institutions to Finra to the SEC, it there is a game being played, and you know you are rolling the dice. If you don't, I always say, you know, we didn't have any, you know, we didn't gang up in the prison yard and we're just trying not to get shanked. You know, literally right. we had nobody protecting us or protecting our stock. Now flip that because I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I look at it like I can't believe the value of Funware right now. We haven't been valued this low since like our series B in 2012. So if I'm a net new investor, I have a company whose technology is light years more advanced than it was back then. We were doing digital agency, low margin, non-recurring revenue, and we were just chasing portfolios. So we did the first NFL app, the first NASCAR app. We built and maintained most of Fox's mobile application portfolio, Sochi Olympics, CW, WWE. I mean, we did a lot in the passion verticals. Well, we took all that institutionalized knowledge and we built a platform that could be sold as SaaS. That's what we're doing now. And that's way more valuable than what we were doing then. So I look at it like Funware at you know $65 million market cap, you know, we went out at 300 million. This is a great entry point for net new customers. It's a binary decision at this point. You're either deciding that I don't want to invest in this because I think they're going to go away. Somehow the last 12 years was a fluke and they're going to die within 12 months. Hint, we're not. And or I think this is a really great entry point. It's only up from here. And we had great volume and liquidity in our stock. I mean, we've been top, you know, gainer in volume and appreciation multiple times. 
based on you know less interesting news than this Cox deal. I think people love ticker symbols. They don't realize that as a private company, Cox is larger than you know most public companies. Um, and so I think that the market will figure itself out. They'll begin to understand that this will become table stakes. You can't have a mobile application anymore. You have to actually use a mobile device as a location-aware computer and engage cons consumers through it. And really, healthcare, corporations looking to return to the workplace, hospitality, resorts, um, you know, hotels. You should be able to walk into a hotel and have your keys sent directly to your phone. Why wait at a desk? You should be able to order food or drink from your phone rather than craning your neck looking for someone to bring you a drink while you're playing you know craps or blackjack and if you leave they should just find you you should be able to introduce infomercial like capability in a retail setting so that you can engage somebody and tell them what the product actually does right then and there so all of this marriage of data and opportunity nowhere is it more relevant than you know delivering care but really any industry, this is going to become table stakes. And we're really well positioned to dominate kind of the, the onslaught of smart buildings. So that's what Carrier wants to do. They want to be a dominating player in the healthy building space and to make those healthy buildings smart. That's why they license our software. And yeah, if anyone watching doesn't know Cox, think of, I mean, they're one of the largest cable providers in the U.S. They're, they're not quite up like they're with Comcast and Verizon, at and but they're big. They're yeah. big. So, sure. um, yeah, um, Randall, I, I guess it's your fault that we all have the second screen phenomenon or third screen phenomenon because uh, you're enabling that. So <laughs> thanks for my screen addiction there. Um, <laughs> you, you said you have a couple of more deals that you're going to announce. When will you announce those deals? Yeah, so certainly this quarter, um, you know, they're executed, they're approved. Um, so at this point, everything that we do is in concert with our partners. So they all have their own go-to-market strategy, their own branding initiatives. And, yeah. and that's where I think people, you asked a very astute question, you know, what are people missing? These large, you know, multi-billion dollar companies do not do partnerships lightly. They don't spend so much time actually integrating someone else's technology into their solution lightly. You know, we were at HEMS. Uh, with Cox uh, last week. And so, you know, putting your brand next to somebody else's brand, especially a small company, you know, headquartered in Austin that a lot of people don't know about, that's no, you know, you don't take that lightly. And so all these deals are executed. We've been working on them for a long time. Some of them, we already have customer appointments uh, going out or that we're supporting. And so these next two are executed. All we're doing is lining out the press releases and lining out the go-to-market strategy. So yeah. um, I would say imminent. Okay, guys, Randall Crowder is the CEO of Funware, tickers P-H-U-N. I, I, I mean this sincerely, dude. Get some medical attention. Okay. Get, get some, oh, my God. How is he even able to raise his arm? I got to lean into it. Get some medical attention, for real. It's this Friday. What I do for our shareholders. Listen, you can't, you can't stop me. Me and Alan, a couple ex-Army Rangers, you know, we're going we're gonna to make this thing happen. We're going to make people proud. Uh, you know, you, you follow people more than ticker symbols or uh, companies and, and watch what we do because and we're, we're probably the two dumbest people in the company. Our company is filled with some incredibly smart, incredibly talented people, and we're going to make it happen. All right. Thanks for your service and get some help. Thanks a lot, Smith. You All, right. Good one. All right. Yeah. Some of y'all are asking questions that like and this applies to Randall. It also applies to Ted. Some of y'all are asking questions. That, like they're not going to like I can ask it, but they ain't going to answer. Right. Like someone asked. Me to ask Ted, like, are earnings good? Are the earnings good? What do you think he's going to say? What What is he going to say to that? No? Come on. Some of those questions were a little a little, a little bit weird. But um, I appreciate you for the uh, – I appreciate everyone for for asking. Uh, yeah, that uh, I've never interviewed somebody whose arm looked quite like that. So thanks to Randall for crowded for powering. I mean, that guy's a trooper, right? That guy is a trooper. He's, he's – Tough, tougher than me. That's the way it ended at that. Um, okay. It is 1255. Um, yeah. Wow. We just, that, that was, that was hurricane. That was back to back. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jacrita, that's a good point. I mean, I, I could have asked more about the financials. That, that, that's, that's, that's good. That's good feedback. I, I saw your comment in there, uh, but also that, that kind of information should be publicly available. Um, if you really, uh, if you really need to find it, 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 it should be there. I guess I could have asked about an offering, but there is nothing here to hint that that is on the table. Um, 
you know, no real M&A, pending M&A or anything that would seem to precipitate an offering um, like that with regards to funware, right? With, with, um, with, 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 uh, Vinco Ventures and Zash, that, 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 that's a different story entirely, obviously. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, guys, that's going to be pretty much it. It's 1255. We are through the power hour. No Luke today. No Jason today. No Aaron Bree. Aaron Bree's car is like impounded right now. I'm not joking. His car is impounded somewhere in Michigan and he can't get it back. So tweet at him. And, um, Aaron Bree, if you need us, if you need like money, just ask Jason. Don't ask me. Ask Jason. Yeah. Okay. That's that's my that's my advice for the day is ask Jason if you need money to get to get your car out. Jason's your man. All right. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, Randall Crowder, Ted Farnsworth. We didn't really talk any other stocks today. I feel I feel like mildly bad about that. Um, <laughs> Solar up is asking uh, a fair question, but Solar up, um, Fun would have to disclose, uh, or Nasdaq would disclose, if Fun was in violation of the Nasdaq listing standards. Uh, let's go to the pro. I, I don't. If put it this way, if if that came out and I didn't see that, then that's bad on me. Bad on me if I didn't see that. I don't. But I don't think that that's that hasn't come out yet. That's not a. That's not a thing. Yet, not to say it can't be a thing, solar up, but that that yeah, May, maybe, but it's not it's not a thing right now. But it's it's something to have on your radar for sure. Companies can get delisted. That's kind of the whole the whole idea of an exchange in the first place is that they they have you know a way you have to pay them to list, and also they theoretically have rules that you have to abide by in in theory, unless you're a Chinese company, and then you know. Do whatever you want. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to do a survey right now in, in, in the chat. I'm just kidding. I'm on a bit of a, a trip right now. I'm just going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do a quick poll. The poll is, should Spencer host this show forever? I just want to see. If it's no, that's fine. I won't take offense to it. I'm just curious what you all think. I had no no prep today. I had nothing at 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 eleven thirty. I got a phone call that we need you to host a show, so I did. Anyway, uh, Benzinga Pro guys, pro Try it out for free for two weeks. If you have any questions about Benzinga Pro, any comments, any concerns, just email us at onboarding. I'll put it on the screen. Onboarding at benzinga.com. You have any questions, feedback about our shows, this show, any other show? You want to come on our shows? Shows at Benzinga.com. You like us, you hate us, you, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. I think that's it. Should I? Uh, you know, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yes, 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 Jacrita, you're absolutely right. Uh, I will, I will host this show from from my deathbed. Uh, okay, here's the situation. Get technical with Neil Hamilton is going live in the- again in theory. Um, in like two minutes, and for those of you who have never seen that show, it is definitely our. Um, Zania's show and surprise, well, not a surprise, but special guest today on that show, Joel O'Connor, the man from Pre Market Prep, is making it's a crossover event. It's a crossover event. Joel will be on with Neil at 1.30 Eastern time, a half hour from now, going through his technical strategies and uh, teasing his event tomorrow. I, I, I gotta say, I, I'm not, I'm not in love with the fact that. Um, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. I don't really know how I feel about about the fact that this that this just happened uh, while I was on with Ted. I don't really know how I feel about that. Should I feel good or bad about that? I, and, and no, honestly, I'm not even completely sure what it is. Like, was it that he said that the valuation was conservative? Was it that he said that the uh, the proxy statement will be out? What what did he say? He, he said the end of the week, right? And he said earnings are out Tuesday or Wednesday. Is I'm I don't even really understand it. Whatever. That was weird. 
anyway, you, you guys are a trip. This chat's a trip. You guys are hilarious. Uh, I hope I was able to entertain you for the last hour. And if not, then why are you still watching? Uh, do me a solid. Smash that like button, please. What are we at? We're at 201. Can we get to like 250? That'd be, that'd be pretty sweet. Smash the like. Thank you very much. I am Spencer Israel. I am your host, DuJour. And I will be signing off. And Neil Hamilton will be signing on. And talking through charts, listening to music, doing whatever it is that Neil does. After that, we got Moon or Bust, our NFT, not NFT, our altcoin focus show at 2 o'clock. We got trivia at 3 o'clock. And we'll go from there. Everyone have a good rest of your day. Stay classy. Stay green. Market dropped today, so it shouldn't be too hard, right? Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc